0: Hello, and thank you for listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard around the web on livingwealthyradio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. I am Teresa Coon, helping you live wealthier. Resources are available for you at livingwealthyradio.com. So, are you health conscious? Do you do your best to work out and eat right, take supplements to make sure your body is operating at its best? Certainly taking care of your body is important, but there is more to health than just that. What about your mind? Do you ever wish you had more clarity of purpose, mental tenacity, or just emotional peace? Well, for some people, nourishing the mind is their key to overall health, fulfillment, and success. Like our guest today, Jason Heavy, a successful businessman, wellness expert, and the host of the podcast Spinning Logic, he's going to share with us a little bit about his own mental journey and how we can take care of our minds and reach our goals. So, welcome to the show, Jason. Did I totally butcher your last name?
1: No, you're you're close. Uh, you know, it is it's Heavy, and uh, but almost everybody wants to add an R to it and make me Harvey. I don't know why. So. Uh, <laughs> So, you, you were definitely, you were right there.
0: Oh, cool, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Uh, so, tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got into this whole mental health thing.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting thing, right? Like, we went through this revolution over the past uh, 15, 20 years where, where physical health uh, got much more prevalent and more people were working out and it, it, gyms were popping up everywhere. And what I think you're going to see over the next twenty years is a revolution of mental health I, A lot of times when you hear the term "mental health," it has a connotation to it, right Of somebody with a deficiency working to get to baseline but that 's not what it is at all. I mean, just like your body you can you can uh, uh i I hesitate to use the word exercise, but you can you can uh, get your mind to work at a higher level. Uh, by challenging it just like your body resistance is resistance whether it be mental emotional or physical
0: so are you talking about like online um, cloud apps like luminosity or are you talking about puzzles or you know what are you talking about exactly like exercising your mind
1: uh, a lot of things yeah this is this is where it gets a lot more uh, uh, it's, a, it's a lot different than traditional working out because it's more in the abstract Certainly, uh, working on puzzles, we are we are creatures that were built and survived based on figuring out puzzles. So the more puzzles we can figure out, um, the better. And we should always be challenging our brain that way. But also, um, you know, a lot of times we – well, I'm going to get into a couple different aspects here, but the, the first one is a lot of times we default to things where we don't have to think. You know, a lot of times we put ourselves in front of a TV or – or even uh, a book where we're, we're just we are not an active participant in what's happening, uh, and that is just pure entertainment where I like to go is I like to watch YouTube clips that are going to educate me I like to listen to podcasts I like to uh, uh, take random courses on the internet that uh, are just things that I'm interested in all of those challenges will actually uh, uh, continue to have the brain learning. You know, our brain, just like everything else, gets into patterns, uh, just like your day gets into patterns, your body gets into patterns, and it will adapt to being how it's used. And if it's being used every day for for increasing complex things, it will uh, start to operate at a level that is able to increasingly solve more complex problems.
0: So I've got several um, elderly mentors and coaches in my life. I, I have tons of, of different mentors that these guys are in their eighties or late seventies. And, and they're still fact, sharp. My father, oh my goodness. My father yeah. is seventy nine years old. He's still practicing medicine, part time, but he's brilliant. Like you'd never know that he was that age. My my elderly mentors um, for lack of a better word. I've got one in his 80s. I've got another one, um, probably 80, if not, if not 81. They're brilliant, and they continue to write, and they continue to read on a constant basis, and they're engaged in life, and their mental acuity is better than a, a lot of people I know that are my age, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's uh interesting when you look. It's one of those things that I think if anybody objectively took a moment and looked around and thought about this subject specifically, it would make sense to them. It's just something that we don't talk about enough and it's not common enough knowledge that that uh, we really think about it. But now let's take it the next step because it's not only challenging yourself with what your inputs are, inputs across the board so just like physical exercise you could be working out all day but if you're not eating the right things uh, you're not going to build muscle or lose weight so it's the same with excuse me with your mental capacity is you need to uh, make sure that your nutrition and supplementation are equally as strong because they can have just as big if not a bigger effect on your mind uh, than than the um, exercises themselves
0: so you're talking about the mental exercise is being engaged using your brain doing different things so that your brain um, you know doesn't get lazy right doing the same thing Um, and so physical exercise certainly is really good for the brain but what are you referring to exactly when it comes to nutrition and supplements are you talking about like brain food or specific kinds of supplements like nootropics which is a big thing it's become a really yeah. big thing in the last couple of years
1: yeah oh yeah and uh, um, both because I, I like to take things to extremes to make make good examples but if you wanted to get in really good shape and you ran 10 miles every day and then you came home and ate a pound of bacon and drank beer the rest of the day uh you that obviously wouldn't work right so it, so there is a combination of things that have to go together, but it's no different if you ate a pound of bacon and drank beer all day uh we all know what those hangovers feel like your 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 brain gets really mad at you after days like that and it because it it needs things to feed on so that it can function properly so um eating a very clean diet uh definitely helps helps mental acuity or at least. At least uh, eating things in uh, eating the bad things in moderation particularly too much sugar uh, your your brain works on glucose it is the uh, main component for its operation or it's its main food for its operation but sugar itself especially a lot of refined sugar actually slows down the brain and, and makes it as slow as we see that it makes people's bodies it has that same effect mm. on your brain and um, you know then supplementation uh is really important as well uh obviously you know the company i work for w- we sell this type of stuff and, and i am uh it's something that that i was interested in that's how i actually found the company but there are a lot of supplements out there that uh, have been proven to increase brain function executive function uh memory recall all of those things, and if you can supplement with some of those neurotransmitting boosters or neurotransmitter boosters, it will help you. It will help you every single day, and uh, there's a lot of science to prove that.
0: How long have you been focused on mental health and acuity for yourself?
1: You know, it's something, it's a weird thing for me. Like, I've always uh, tried to unlock my brain and what I mean by that is I remember when I was a little kid hearing that that uh, you know we only use 90% of the brain and at that point people were saying it as, as a fact which obviously it's not, not exactly how that works but Um, and I did notice when I was a kid that I would do things or have impulses or my heart would beat all without me having to be part of it and I wanted to know like how I could get more out of it and use a higher percentage of my brain and so I I had uh, been looking at it since I was you know early 20s where I was trying everything from exercise to meditation to yoga to all of these things that I knew Uh, had some some level of truth in that that they would help and um, you know at this point in my life I actually you know do this for a living but leading up to it I mean I even took some extreme measures I went to I went to Peru to do ayahuasca to uh, uh, get in touch with that side of my brain and like I explore that part of my body so much because I've yielded the greatest results from trying to level that side of things out.
0: Hmm. Yeah, you and I are are both a a little bit strange in that regard. I started working on my brain stuff very, very young. Um, And I'm just a hacker for physical and mental stuff to start with, right? It's just something that fascinates me. Um, And as I've gotten older, I appreciate the healthy things that I've done because they help me continue, you know, perform at a high level today. Um, and I mean, especially in your case, you're the CEO of one company and the COO of another company simultaneously, and the CEO, the COO position that you've got, you've got tons going on just in that company. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah Um, yeah, it's a crazy time you know it's like uh, juggling a lot of things but this is this is the time to do it and I'm uh, I love it so much and actually it goes back to the first thing we were talking about is those solving puzzles like it it probably wouldn't be possible if that wasn't something that I sought out is solving those puzzles because uh, that resistance comes up every day. There's a million things to do. There's fires to put out. Uh, there, you're needed to places at once all the time, and it is just like that. The snowball theory, though, right? Like it, as you, as you gain knowledge, things can move quicker, and you just become this bigger force, and it's it becomes easier over time as long as you're always trying to. Uh, um, add something to to you know your experience or your arsenal or or whatnot uh the most important thing to do though is to and this is the thing i have to remind myself of is i want to take on everything and i need to realize like the places that i need to delegate out or the things i need to pass on and that's that's actually at this point the thing that i focus myself on the most is which mm-hmm. puzzles not to solve today anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. What to say no to is just as yeah. important as what you say yes
1: to. Cause I want to figure it all out. Right. Like this, I did. I want to, I want to figure it all out. I want to help everybody. I want to, uh, um, you know, improve as much as I can while uh, I have the ability to do it.
0: I get it. Totally. Um, you yeah. also host a podcast and it's, A really cool podcast in that you have a guest on that you just have like a stream of consciousness conversation for over an hour Um, yeah it's it's a pretty intense podcast
1: it's my favorite thing to do it really is like I I know how much you love this show and um, I think what I like so much about well there's there's a lot of things one thing I really like about it is I get to speak to people On interesting topics that I wouldn't normally be able to get to sit down and talk to me for an hour and a half you know I can uh, I have one coming up where I'm talking to a um, lady she's an astrophysicist that's based in the South Pole and we're just going to talk about we're going to talk about space we're going to talk about global warming for an hour and a half and I don't get many uh, much access to astrophysicists at the South Pole, but because I have a podcast, it gives me access to do that. And I just find stuff speaking to people to be fascinating because I think that like we all have one superpower and that's to be us. Like there is no chance that anyone since the beginning of time or anybody that comes afterwards will ever be exactly like you. And in that there is some sort of beautiful music that. Uh, makes you truly unique, and I think, like, that is the fun in getting to know people because everybody has, like, that one thing that they can add to the world that is uniquely from them, and uh, I've, I uh, really like, you know, talking to people and getting that out of them.
0: Jason, that's so beautifully said, and it's so sad that people waste their lives just doing the mundane and the same thing over and over again and just not exploring what their superpowers are, what they can, you know, what kind of impact they can have in the world. They dumb their senses with, um, alcohol or drugs on a regular basis. And all of that, you know, is counter to having a sharp mental acuity, right? Yep. Um, I, I don't know what you think about alcohol. Um, but I, I believe it's an absolute
1: poison. Yeah. Well, no, it was an absolute poison for me. Actually, I, uh, uh, I stopped drinking, um, July 6th, 2013. I used to drink a lot. I, I, uh, loved Heineken more than anything. I can even say it now. And, uh, the, but I realized what I was doing was kind of dulling everything, uh, because I was worried that I wasn't living up to my potential, you know, and once I, Uh, gave up drinking things really changed for me uh, very quickly because um, during that time that I was dulling my senses I was now changing my inputs and doing more things and uh, I accelerated very quickly after that um, after I got that out of my life it really was a poison for me
0: so walk us through exactly what you did and how you did that because I think for most people that's that's a really tough thing for them to do um, yeah, it is
1: tough. Yeah. Because it usually is combined with something right? else. We're yeah. Not talking
0: about, you know, people that have a, an addiction per se, it's just even on a recreation or social basis, they, they can't justify not drinking. So how did you yep. do it?
1: Well, and you made an interesting distinction there that I, I'd like to just uh, mention with the term alcoholic. I, always hated that so much because even though I think like I would I would have met a clinical definition of it I never felt like an alcoholic in the sense that like I had a quote-unquote disease that I couldn't get rid of like it it didn't feel external to me it felt very internal for me like uh, that I would have been able to fix it and then what in my case what it was is like I was abusing uh, alcohol uh, to to um, avoid feeling depressed and depression was a real problem it wasn't alcoholism and so uh mm-hmm. it it was, it was tough though because i went through you know i tried to quit a couple of times quit for eight days here and there but uh unfortunately like i do not encourage people to do it the way i did but uh i actually had the the perfect um the reason i remember the date so easily is because it was a july 4th weekend and i had a baseball game, a wedding, fireworks, a picnic, like everything crammed into this weekend. So I just kind of drank through the whole weekend. And I remember having a hangover for four days and uh, um, I actually called into work the first two days and that was it. Like, because work was so vitally important to me, I wrapped up so much of my identity into it that uh, that was the uh, uh, quote unquote rock bottom for me. And so I, uh, I changed everything there and uh, didn't have a sip sense. Mm.
0: Wow, and you just said something about wrapping, you know, your work and what you do is your identity. Uh, That's a you tough know, one. I've, I've learned that my work is a role, right? It's not yep. who I am. Um, yep. So all the different parts of my life, right, isn't my identity. They're just roles that I play, and there's a separation there.
1: Um, yes, really important. A lot of people get lost in their work, and it becomes part of their identity, and then they – a couple things happen there. Like, like not only not only do they confuse the two, so so that uh, they have a symbiotic relationship, but they forget that whatever their dreams are can't get accomplished if they are completely focused on the mundane of whatever their job is.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm Yeah, for sure. And so, a couple years ago, I guess it's um, over three years you see a huge difference in your mental acuity and how much you can take on and your stamina.
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, the funny thing was is I realized that, you know, kind of like we talk about uh, people in work having their symbiotic relationship, I learned that the the depression and the alcohol had a symbiotic relationship too. And without the alcohol uh, being able to, the depression couldn't feed on it. And so Mm -hmm. the depression started to go away too and so like we started this thing talking about like feeding your brain so that more good things can happen well if you take in negative inputs at like alcohol or other things then negative things feed off of it and Mm -hmm. uh, that's not mystical in any way it's not even psychosomatic it is it is just true like that's how Mm -hmm. that works Um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know bad People talk about energy sometimes very mystically, like ah, that person has bad energy, or, it, but that's that is not like a mystical thing. It is a result of of uh, nature and nurture. Those inputs that that you've been bringing into your body will determine what your output is a hundred percent of the time.
0: So if you're putting poison into your body, you're,
1: you're gonna gonna going exude to exude get- poison.
0: You're going to exude poison. And I know for some people, they're going to say, oh, alcohol is not a poison. Um, I, I will argue that all day long. And so for those who are rejecting what we're saying because they don't believe that alcohol is a poison, call it whatever you want. Um, mm-hmm. Even though it's legal, it's, I mean, it's nothing, right? Um, it kills yeah. brain cells.
1: It does. And, yeah, and- it,
0: is, it affects the liver, and the liver is where we process so many of our emotions.
1: That's it, actually you're hitting on a pretty pretty big point that uh, there's another obvious re- revolution in science right now where we talk about that's why I call it mental health and not brain function because a lot of our mental health is actually coming from other places in particular the liver and the gut
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, you know gut flora has um, as much of an impact on our amygdala and our fight-or-flight mechanism as anything happening in the brain, because when you get really hungry, you're, you know, that's an easy way to test it.
0: Well, where do so many of the happy hormones come from, right? They come from like mm-hmm. gut. Yep. And if you're drinking a lot of beer with the barley and the grains and, you know, the sugars, I mean, people have all sorts of stuff going on in their gut that they don't attribute to alcohol. They don't even know they have.
1: Alcohol. Yeah, alcohol is an interesting one because, like, I definitely understand uh, the usefulness of alcohol for 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 uh, some situations. I understand like it is so deeply ingrained in our culture. And that was a that was one of the weird things for me, like as somebody that that had abused alcohol, is like I figure it almost would have been easier to quit like smoking meth because. Meth isn't at every grocery store, every restaurant, every party, every wedding, every gas station. Like, alcohol is everywhere in our culture, which makes it a much more complex issue to tackle.
0: So what do you do on a social basis? What do you do on dates?
1: Yeah, you know, that was a weird thing for me when I first quit because I I did do the thing that that, uh, people say you shouldn't do, and I hold up. I actually uh, didn't go out for like three months and I just kinda needed to do that because I was living such an active social life but everywhere involved uh everybody else drinking. And uh so I did hole up for a while and then um when I came out of it, I realized it actually wasn't a big deal. Still go to restaurants, still go to gas stations, obviously. I just don't uh, <laughs> don't buy alcohol and that it became a it actually just became a new normal. And uh okay. it's yeah, it's great.
0: Apparently those are trigger points for you gas stations and restaurants
1: well yeah I mean it's just like when you think <laughs> about it like I, I, those are places that we visit almost every single day right and uh, you know if somebody's really struggling that makes it very difficult to to function in society um, but you know where the weird ones come in is there's a couple moments in life where everybody's expected to drink and one of them is like at uh, uh, a New Year's toast or at a wedding or something like that where everybody just like there's a lot of weddings where they just already have the wine in front of you which is kind of right. an interesting thing because you don't know I, if you have a wedding of 300 people there's quite a few of them in there that have been struggling
0: right No, for sure yeah. For sure yeah, it's kind of well, a weird as thing. someone who doesn't drink it the, all that doesn't it doesn't mean anything to me right I don't I don't get triggered by any of that but I right. absolutely am sensitive to to others who might be Um, and for me, I see it as a poison, so it's not an issue. But for those who, you know, may still want to drink on an occasional basis, but really want to improve their life, um, I don't, I don't know if you advocate, you know, um, not drinking as much, but I, I tell, you know, I mentor younger, younger, um, people as well as, you know, I, I, I get mentored and I mentor, right? It's that circulation. And I tell my younger Um, mentees all the time oh if you want to really change the trajectory of your life stay away from alcohol
1: yeah well it it is true I mean like there is uh, biomechanical uh, markers that show how much it slows down uh, brain function so certainly that that will help I uh, yeah, I don't I guess I don't really advocate it one way or another because I, I do think that everybody's so unique that there's some people that that like in that case that could actually, you know, drink all day long and be perfectly functional. That's not how that worked for me. I uh I was an all or none type person. Like if I was drinking I was gonna drink it all and uh there is no way for me to do it in moderation, so that's why I had to quit. Mm-hmm. But uh there's other people that, that are perfectly capable of having their, you know, glass and a half of wine every night and be perfectly fine. So I I think, you know, for me, I just leave it up to everybody's best judgment and support them in whatever, whatever path they're deciding to take. Mm, Yeah. And also, you know, I think of it the other way too. Like it, you know, when I, if you see somebody that's struggling, you know, you could have saw you could have saw me or somebody else five years ago. That doesn't mean where, that's where they're going to end up. They could be in a really good place. So I, I also think withholding judgment is a good idea, too, because uh, we're all at different points in our stories. And uh, uh, who's ever watched a movie where the the hero was awesome right from the beginning to the end? Like, that's not a good movie. Like, we – to, to – uh, to have a good movie, you have to go through those struggles. Have, to have a great story, you've got to overcome. And so if people are at a weird spot in their life where they're struggling and they really think it sucks, it's all right. Like you need to go through this time and you need to create that resistance, but just know that you're going to come out the other side better for it, and uh, and that's going to be part of your story arc. And you, hopefully once you get past that point, you don't have to experience that again, and you're going to be a, a stronger, better person um, for having lived through it.
0: Absolutely. You know, Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey, right? And for your story, that alcohol was part of that story. It doesn't mean that it is for everyone. Um, I told, I could not agree more. And I, and I come from a place, um, you know, conceptually, um, the advice I give, I I don't impose it. Um, but I, I I do think it's, it's, certainly an important consideration for a lot of people
1: it I'd is like to
0: for shift, sure I, yeah, yeah, yeah I'd like to shift the conversation a little bit um and talk about what you've coined the era of authenticity, which mm. I think is a fascinating um conversation. Share with us what you what you mean by era of authenticity
1: you know i actually think that was a perfect segue because we were just doing it, right like um we. I think even as recently as 10 years ago, but certainly our parents and their parents lived at times where you, there's no way that people would talk about their problems like that and be as open about that. Um, and, you know, you might talk under your breath about the neighbors, but you never, you know, you tried to hide your own problems. You try to hide who you were. And that special music that all of us have inside of us uh, used to be thought of as you know, weird. I remember when I was a kid, like, uh, there was this kid that got really good with computers and at the time computers weren't really a thing. I think Commodore 64s were just coming out and we considered that kid weird. And, you know, following that music inside him, I don't know where he is now, but I'm sure he has, he has a pretty thick bank account. I'm sure he's doing just fine. Um, what's happening because of the internet because of our connectivity because of the transparency though the world's starting to live with uh people don't put up with bs anymore like the cover-up is worse than the crime that's a saying for a reason because people are okay with mistakes what they're not okay with is mistruth uh and deception and you know like i think the politicians are like the last bastion of this before it dies forever but uh authenticity will reign forever from here on out. Uh, People want authentic conversations between people that really believe what they're saying uh, are okay, admitting when they're wrong, being willing to support other people that are going through a difficult part of their journey, because we're all part of the same thing when it comes down to the end of the day. And what we really need in this life is more honesty and transparency, both with ourselves and with each other like the only way for any of us to improve is to be honest with ourselves and then you just work outward from there
0: you know I couldn't agree more and I today you can research Anything on, you know, any issue you might have or, you know, a loved one might have or a relative might have, and there is a whole community of people that are struggling with it. And you don't have to feel isolated, even if it's virtual community, right? Because there's so much connectivity and so much um, awareness and communication on, like, everything. you throw it out there or you Google it and you're going to find people that are struggling with the same thing. And I don't, I don't think there's anything at this point that society would really, well, that's, that's broad statement, but to be ashamed of, if you've got a problem or any issue, there's no shame in it. There's so much um, story around, shame when really sharing whatever that issue is and talking about how you're coming through it, people can relate. I know I do.
1: Well, and the internet was really gave birth to this era of authenticity because what I was talking about before where we'd hide a lot of our problems or hide why we were quote unquote weird uh, is because a lot of us lived in smaller towns where it was to our to our actual benefit maybe even to a level of survival in the sense of getting better jobs moving up in the community to hide a lot of that and assimilate into a greater group but now that we have the internet there's a there's a, a website and a group for every interest that's that you could possibly think of so it's a lot easier to find your tribe and and uh, move up within you know, whatever group you decide to, uh, you could come up with the, the weirdest thing possible. But there's a group on the internet that not only is sympathetic, but they, they are with you, They understand those feelings, and so it makes it a lot easier to to be authentic because you have a support network uh, virtually.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, couldn't agree more. And it's in the it's in the hiding, it's in the shame that is the that the pathology right it's once yes. you put light on it or you're able to communicate and bring it out that the pathology can heal
1: that's right yeah no that's really well said it's like uh, sunlight is a great sanitizer so so bringing things into the light of day is the quickest way to to help fix them and like we were talking about before without doubt and shame there's far less depression Without depression, mm-hmm. there's far less alcohol and drug use. So mm-hmm. there is a correlation between these things. And so, the really, really the cure for everything is acceptance and love and compassion. And that doesn't, that's not, that's not like, I'm certainly not a hippie, but that is, that is just true. And the more that uh, uh, people have an easy pathway to finding, finding support and acceptance. Um, It is the most, the best proactive medicine that there is in the world.
0: So what would you, what kind of advice would you give someone um, listening right now who's searching and trying to figure out that next step uh, to take their life for balance and success?
1: What would you recommend? Well, like that's the other cool thing about the Internet. I I always say that the Internet is like – an angel that's here to save us all. And I, I say it a little tongue in cheek, obviously, but, uh, what I mean by it is, um, here's the beautiful thing about this era of authenticity is you can make money being uniquely you. And there's, um, the hedgehog concept, uh, essentially it's like this Venn diagram with three circles and one is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what, what am I good at? Uh, uh, what can I make money doing? And uh, and so you, you, you fill in these circles. And then whatever items are the closest things to the center, uh, those would be, theoretically anyway, your dream job. And uh, because the internet has broken down the barriers to starting almost any business, you can hop on Etsy, start a store. You can hop on Libsyn and start a podcast. You can You can uh, uh, sell there's a there's as many Amazon millionaires as anything right now Uh, so you you can start a business doing absolutely anything and online and so what I would encourage people to do is first start there because at least it gets you to the point of what you know your passion is uh, and the direction you should go the second thing might be the most important. And that's to start surrounding yourself with people that are the place you want to get to. Mm. Uh, Because, because you got to use that assimilation culture to your benefit. Right. And so if you want to get, uh, this is exactly what I did. I I was a general manager of a Hilton, which was a great job. nicest hotel in my hometown. It was my dream job in that industry. And, uh, but I really wanted to figure out as much as I could about uh, my mind. I wanted to level up there, and I wanted to be around positive people, and that's how I thought I could uh, make money. And that was the center of my Venn diagram. So I came to work for it, which is, like, the most positive working environment I could ever be in. We we literally sell uh, supplements for the brain. I mean, it was it was an ideal place with big upside. And then most importantly – it was a place that allowed me to be open and free to talk about the stuff that I think is important. And uh, finding that tribe, I think, is is very, very important um, because, you know, I, I forget who said it, but it is true. You're the average of the five to ten people mm-hmm. that you're hanging around with the most. And so really try and hang around with the right people
0: no absolutely you're they i mean they 've done the studies you you are the average of the five people you hang out with uh, in terms of salary in terms of education in terms of um, you know goal setting you know all of that stuff um, uh, you know drinking right if you 're hanging out with people who drink on weekends or drink all the time you're you're probably going to be a drinker. Do you have an accountability partner in your life an accountability group
1: so yeah like I have um not a group like a like a mastermind group but i've heard very very good things uh uh about taking that route i have um uh a girl that i date she lives in san diego and we we did this long distance relationship thing and, and it it's like permanently long distance which is kind of cool uh because it fit what our relationship was but then also with that we are each other's accountability partner we're each other's muse and we help each other level up in whatever uh, whatever endeavor we're trying to do and I think that's particularly important for a lot of reasons like it's good to have somebody you trust implicitly that you can vent to Uh, it's it's really important that you have somebody that you've told enough to that uh, they have uh, context when you're telling a story about work or something like that I think that's uh that's a very important thing. A lot of times um I'm going to get myself in trouble saying this, but uh I uh I don't really think that uh for for most people that traditional marriage makes a lot of sense anymore. Um and this is one of the reasons why uh because you the last thing you want to do is limit your freedoms whether that be that be uh or at least I don't uh, want to limit my geographic freedom. I don't want to limit my uh, fiscal freedom, uh, my mental or emotional freedoms, and uh, certainly I don't want to limit the uh, accountability partner or group that I'm in. Mm. I opened up a whole different can of worms. You don't even have to touch that one. Oh, I, there's so
0: comment.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's so funny. Could, but it, like, no. I, so another thing. Like, I don't, I don't actually believe in home ownership either anymore. Uh, i don 't think that 's a good move, I think historically uh, home ownership has gone by the wayside as a valuable investment. I think uh, one thing that people have n- not realized is that the best money spent is investing in yourself because your earning potential is so much higher than than uh, the the ability to um, have a home. Increase in value like it's not even close it's exponentially uh, more important for for my level to to keep improving so um, that's a whole different story
0: well I've, on all three I, I, I can't I can't control myself I got a comment
1: <laughs> okay yeah, let's do it
0: so I think the secret sauce to success is having an accountability partner totally and completely it's I think the most important thing um, that you can do. To ensure success and obviously who your accountability partner is so important right you need a badass accountability partner that is going to yep. hold you accountable um, yep. as far as traditional marriage is concerned oh sorry you want to say something there Well,
1: no and I was just gonna say somebody that you want to make proud like you think enough oh. of them that that you there's no way you want to disappoint them
0: oh totally so yep. um, so because you said that I've got a reply I've got um, um, one of my um, partners, I co-founded a fintech company with him, and um, when we met, uh, we it, we had so much in common, and on all you know, we were working on all these different areas of our life, and we just just connected and said, okay, let's be accountability partners. And both of us did not want to let the other person down, right? So there yeah. was no way I was going to show up and and not do what I said I was going to do. And he had that same feeling and respect for me that there was no way that he was going to let me down. So if he said he was going to do ABC, he did ABC. So
1: that's so good. great yeah.
0: point. Cause if you don't respect your accountability partner or it's not something that's important to you, then it means nothing.
1: Yep. It, means yep. it unravels quickly. Yep. Oh, absolutely. That's
0: awesome. As far as traditional marriage is concerned, um, you know, today, I think, um, you know, the relationships that our parents had, right, or older generations had, very different than relationships today. I think relationships today, the expectations are so high. We want, you know, a partner that can be our best friend, that can be our amazing sexual partner and our emotional, you know, have great emotional connection and, you know, be on the same trajectory financially as we are. And there's just, There's a lot of expectation around our partners today um, that I don't think was there before.
1: And Um, it's particularly difficult because, uh, you know, the traditional gender role of one person staying at home, one person being the caretaker, that's not how that works anymore. And so the the moving parts and uh, the the fiscal responsibility um, has been much more evenly matched and it causes a lot of issues with uh, Communication in general, you know, just just being even in the same room at the same time enough that uh, it 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 complicates a lot of things.
0: Definitely, definitely. And then home ownership. Totally agree. One thousand percent. Oh, absolutely. I know. I'm financial services. I know you were thinking. You know, I'm probably
1: traditional. I did yeah but you're not well yes. I guess I knew you were you were pretty unconventional or, or at least uh, pretty advanced in your thinking I would think
0: totally out of the box everything I do think <laughs> is probably But it's good it's, not it's true you're right yeah but I totally agree with home especially when you are um, if, if you want number one the, the you know thinking that home is a good investment uh, forget it home owning a home is not an investment it's a liability number two yeah. if you're upwardly mobile if you are looking to expand yourself expand your life expand your career a home keeps you um, from being able to do that because depending on the economy and depending on the expenses it's an anchor it, it it limits is. you totally and completely so and you said it so beautifully the best money you can spend is investing in
1: yourself yeah, I, it's um yeah it, I you know the world's different and so sometimes when you talk about uh these ideas a lot of times people will meet you with uh skepticism but it's it's mainly because they just haven't really totally thought thought it through anymore. Um I think actually you know we're at an interesting crisis with college right now too where where um the more you can learn, the better off you are right so learning is always the best option, but because of how how um, higher education is currently financed, it makes it really difficult to give people the advice of of going to college when uh, the saddle that you 're putting on them for the for a good portion of their early years is affecting their decision making so drastically it could um, uh, stifle them from, from reaching their, their potential. And so that's a tough one. I hope they figure that one out because obviously, uh, an educated society makes better decisions, but it's tough to make that recommendation to people right now.
0: And it's the definition of education. You know, a college degree Mm. doesn't make someone educated. It's, it actually, in my opinion, um, keeps people from really being educated because they're not teaching people, how, they're not teaching our kids how to learn. You know, our whole educational system is about checking off boxes and teaching to the test, right? Um, yep. If we inspire learning in our kids and not about the degrees, but because there's a love and learning and the energy that you get from learning, right, um, that's really what it's about. Unless you want to become a doctor or you want to become a CPA, you know, that makes sense to go to college and and maybe get loans out if you're able to pay them back. Um, But for a lot of kids, I don't think that's where it's at. And I'm I'm all about education. My son, college-aged, we decided he wanted to be an entrepreneur. You know what? You're going to go be an apprentice, and you're going to go learn the business, because business school doesn't teach you how to be an entrepreneur. They teach you how to be, how to fit into corporate America, right? In terms of, um, in terms of business.
1: So- business school is a funny term, right? Because uh, I've been in business for, oh boy, I guess this is my 19th year. And uh, uh, but when you think of business school, they really teach you kind of how to be the accountant, right? Yep. <laughs> like they don't, they don't, like everything that I do that that is the difference maker between being successful and unsuccessful in making making deals and helping up my people and all of those things none of that stuff is taught and so like that the experience side of the real things that make the difference have to be done they they're not going to be taught in any place other than what you did like through an apprenticeship of some kind
0: and personal development. He's taken, you know, all sorts of Tony Robbins stuff and um, really yeah. some money classes and just a lot of experiential learning opportunities um, since he was really little. So he's been exposed to all sorts of things. There's so much you can learn outside of the traditional university and colleges. Amazing courses that are out there. Amazing. And, uh, you know, um, we got to wrap this up soon, but I do want to ask you. Uh, at the very early beginning of our interview, you said that uh, you know you love to take these online courses and podcasts. Um, uh-huh. What kind of courses do you take? What kind of topics?
1: Well, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of different ones. A lot of really varied ones too, uh, depending on what I'm interested in at the time. But uh, you know, I've taken just because I wanted to find out more about certain. Things. I've taken everything as like esoteric is like uh, um, video editing and then I, at the one time there was three classes I took it was video editing it was the Spanish American war <laughs> and yeah yeah and um, uh, the other one was creative writing and But, like, they all tied back to something that I was either trying to do or learn about more specifically because I thought it was going to help me with something that I was working on. And so, like, I really enjoyed uh, doing that, like, a la carte like that because I was much more engaged because it applied directly to something that I wanted to do, and I got more out of it. I actually um, had really struggled in high school. I, I really struggled because – it that's not the way I learned. I couldn't, I couldn't book learn and I couldn't do homework. I, that, and I always thought maybe I had a learning disability, but it turned out like I just am an observational learner. And so I was able to excel very quickly when I was put in places to observe other people doing things. I was able to Mm. pick it up very quickly and, uh, uh, through my intuition, understand like how I should act, things I should say, things I shouldn't, where I should be, you know. And so, in coming out of high school, I was really concerned that I wasn't going to be very successful, to be honest. And then, but once I got into the real world, it all it all changed for me very quickly.
0: Mm. You know, schools aren't geared to teach boys, right? Yeah. They're, they're... Yeah. They're designed to teach, you know, to the girl, right? That can sit down and pay attention and listen and, you know, behave, you know, in their own little box. So,
1: mm, uh, I didn't yeah, think about it that way. You're right. Yeah.
0: That's another just
1: such a terrible I thing think it it's, our schools put our boys through. It's crazy that, like, in high school, they still, still, after people like make this joke for 20 years, they still don't. They're but I know that some classes do, but uh, still it's very rare for them to teach people how to get loans or uh, how credit works or how money is actually created, which is one of the craziest things that's ever happened. Uh, like it, how, like those, the real way that economics works in this country isn't even taught in economics classes. Uh wow. You. you, you you learn basic supply and demand, but if you really like, learned how treasury bonds work and things like that, that seems like where you should have started as opposed to being advanced functions of, of uh, economic education.
0: Well, you know, uh, why don't they teach how to communicate, right, in, in elementary school or kindergarten, right? How you communicate with each other, how, how do you, you communicate solve, with yeah. people, how to, how, do, how to
1: have difficult conversations.
0: Right. How to, you know, build up that muscle when you're little, right? How money works, how to have a budget. I have a finance degree, Jason. I I wasn't taught how money really works, um, where money really came from. I learned that 20 years ago in my own reading. Uh, I wasn't taught The truth about any of that stuff and I've got the degrees and the education right I I, I did the conventional educating and I personally believe it's on purpose they want to keep us stupid and dumb because a dumb society is a society that can be controlled
1: yeah well and that's you know there's a lot of conspiracy theories about um, why our food uh, is the way it is and because like when I was talking about like making sure being so careful with what you put in your diet uh, you know, and it's just a conspiracy theory. But the fact that we put so much refined sugar and and grains and corn into our food supply uh, is because none of it is good for your brain. Uh, it causes, you know, the, it causes inflammation. It causes uh, uh, hyperactivity. It causes mm-hmm. your brain's reward centers to get confused. And all mm-hmm. of these things that you would typically use to increase uh, or generate um, acetylcholine is all dumbed down, so, so your brain's not operating at a level that it should if it was being f- fed properly, and while I don't necessarily think it's a, a, a conspiracy, I think it should be a controversy, and we need to fix it pretty damn quick because, uh, like I said before, that, that educated society is one that's going to make the best possible decisions.
0: Well, we will table that conversation for part Ooh. two.
1: Cliffhanger. Because <laughs> I got the fix. So we'll bring that on the next one.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. You do have <laughs> the fix. Awesome. Well, Jason, um, this is this is great. You know, we can enact meaningful change in our situations and experiences. And thank you for sharing how we can open our minds and, and broaden our horizons. And um, You know, if you're looking for problems, you'll find them. If you're looking for solutions in life, you can find them, too. And certainly investing in your mind and your soul. um, I I don't know that there's a better place to invest, right, time and energy and money. Um, Success and fulfillment will have to follow. Um, Thank you so much, Jason, for joining us today, and share with us. Where our listeners can find you, we will have you know um, the download of this podcast on Living Wealthy Radio, available to all. But how can people reach you directly?
1: And thank you for having me on, Teresa. I love talking to you, so I'll take every chance I get to do it. So uh, let's definitely do thank it again. You. And uh, please come on my podcast if anybody's interested in that. It is called Spinning Logic. You can download it uh uh, wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, places like that. If you're looking for me on social media, it's all at Jason Habe, Habey, E-Y. and that's also the website Jasonhaby.com.
0: Awesome! Very good. Thanks so much, Jason. You've been listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard around the web on LivingWealthyRadio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. Download or subscribe to our podcast to hear a new show every week. I am Teresa Kuhn, and I hope you'll join me again next week as I show you ways to live wealthier. Resources are available for you on our website at livingwealthyradio.com.